Happy Mother's Day. So glad to see you in God's house today. If you'll take your copy of God's Word and open it up, turn to the book of John, the book of John. I want to preach. I want to preach today out of the book of John. I want to preach a, a, a sermon called Making Mama Proud. That's what I want to preach. Moms, I got you. I got you today. I'm going to tell everybody all the things that you want to tell them and that you have told them, but I'm going to tell them. So we'll just start with some basics. Clean your room. And I'm not just talking to the little children. Go home. Go home and pick up your socks, Dad. Come on. Come on. I'm going to... I got you, I got you, Mom. I got you. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell tell the rest of some people. Think, moms, if you're watching this online, you go ahead. Go ahead and share that. Go ahead and share. Go ahead and tag 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 your kids, Mom. Go ahead and tag them because they need they need this word. I promise you, they need this word. I want to preach making Mama proud out of John chapter 19. A little bit of a different passage for Mother's Day. These are Jesus' final words. Uh, on the cross, part of Jesus' final words on the cross, Jesus says seven things. Every word of Jesus is important. Jesus' final words, his final seven sayings are extremely important. So many of you understand if you're undergoing the physical pain of crucifixion on the cross, you are not wasting a syllable. It is excruciatingly painful to be able to just raise up a little bit to get one breath to be able to save anything. And so I promise you every syllable that Jesus uttered on the cross was purposeful. It was meaningful. And it's interesting that one of those phrases or one of those episodes that we have a record of of Jesus uttering on the cross had to deal with his mama. John chapter 19, beginning at verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and then there was his aunt, his mother's sister. There was Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple who he loved, so this is John writing and he's talking about himself. And if you wrote a book about yourself, you would refer to yourself in nice terms too, like John does. He says, I'm the one. Jesus had 12 disciples, but I'm the one that he really loved. I'm his, I'm his favorite. Come on, say, I'm mom's favorite. Go ahead and say it out loud. I know you've been feeling it for a lot of years, and you can go ahead and say that out loud. If you're sitting by your mom, just turn to her and say, I'm your favorite. I know that I'm your favorite. And so he said to his mother, Jesus says to his mother, woman, behold your son. I find it interesting in this moment that Jesus, John had a mama. We'll talk about her in just a moment. John already had a mama, but in this moment, Jesus appoints John a secondary mother. I want to just say, to all of the people in the house that maybe you were adopted, maybe you were raised by a grandmother or an aunt or somebody like that. That's not by accident. That's appointed by Jesus. And I want to say to all of the amazing moms and dads who have adopted children or fostering children, that's not by accident. You are in a Jesus relationship. Come on, can we thank God for all of the amazing people that are stepping into adoption? Verse 27, and then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. Behold your mother. John, this is, John, take care. John, take care of my mom. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. And so what I started wondering is why John? 
Why, John? Jesus had 10 other pretty legitimate choices. We're going to just set Judas aside for a moment and say that he has probably disqualified himself as the caretaker of the Blessed Mary. But Jesus had 10 other viable choices. So why, John? Why, John? Why in this moment of Jesus, one of Jesus' greatest needs, this, this pain that he's undergoing on the cross... At this moment, Mary is his greatest earthly treasure, his greatest earthly possession. And Jesus says, John, you're it, man. You're, hey, no, no pressure, John, but you got my mom. Like, like maybe he said, hey, Thomas, you can, Thomas, you can have my baseball cards. And, and Peter, Peter, you can have, you know, you can, you can have, you can have my, 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 uh, something else, maybe my, 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 the scrolls or things that I, my journals, but, but John, you get, you get to take care of mom. And like, I started wondering why John, like, what was it? Why was John such a good son that he received this amazing blessing? And I think that we can learn some things today from the life of John. So I want to just talk about making mama proud. How can you make mama proud? What was it about John? John's life that enabled Jesus to bless him in this way. First thing is that I think that we need to be sons and daughters of thunder. Say thunder. Ah, oh, no, say it like you mean it. Say thunder. Say it with a little bass. Say it with a little, like, he was a son of thunder. I love, first of all, I love that Jesus gave nicknames. Right, Jesus, here's Jesus, the holiest person on the planet. You would think like he would, he would address people in like holy language. But like sometimes Jesus is just hanging with his boys. Don't you love that about Jesus? I, lo- I love that sometimes Jesus is just hanging out. And he's like James and John. Y'all, these are, these are my boys. These, the, these are the sons of thunder. And what you got to know is that Jesus did not call them the sons of thunder because they had great manners. Like that was not why he called them. Why did he call them the sons of, sons of thunder? Can I just describe James and John? And they were brothers, and Zebedee was their father. James and John had they had a little bit of an little bit of an edge. I, I think they would have made good good linebackers, Doctor Cook. I think I think like if I want to, I'm on a football team. I want James and John rushing the passer. Uh, they just they had maybe maybe just a little bit of a. A little bit of a temper. There was an episode in the Bible where Jesus is preaching in Samaria. And he's preaching the house down. And he's teaching. And the disciples are like, all right, we're ready for the altar call. We're ready to respond. And nobody responds. Nobody's accepting the teachings of Jesus. And so James and John go up to Jesus. And they're like, Jesus, you want us to pray? And Jesus is like, yeah, why don't you go ahead and pray? And like, oh, you want us to pray that fire will come down from heaven and consume the entire audience? Jesus is like, what? No, don't pray. Like, don't pray that. Don't pray that. Pastor David, that's what we want for our security guards. That's, what, that's the kind of people that we want as ushers. Pastor, you want me to pray fire down from heaven? No, don't pray. Maybe. Maybe a little bit of fire. Come on, moms. You know you've prayed that prayer just a little bit. Just zap them, God. You know, your kids are missing. Just zap them. Maybe not, maybe not consume them. Maybe not take them off this planet. But just burn them a little bit, God. Like, just like... Just enough to tap, just a scar, just a, just learn their lesson. But like those are the kind of people that James and John were. And I love, I love that Jesus named that. These are my boys. These are the sons of thunder. Can I tell a generation that God doesn't want to remove your thunder? He just wants to channel that thunder. 
Can I encourage a mother in the house that is parenting already some sons and daughters of thunder? Maybe they got a little. Come on, you got one. If you have multiple kids, you got one. One that, one that maybe is displaying a little more of an attitude than the others. One that has a little bit of a stubborn, just a little bit of a stubborn streak. Can I tell you, can I tell you God's going to use that thunder. He's going to use that thunder. I know it's frustrating right now, but he's going to use that thunder. He's going to use that thunder. And we, we have, we've somehow misrepresented Jesus, that if you come to Jesus, that he's going to make you all prim and proper. And I'm not telling you just to go out and just like be the Tasmanian devil for Jesus and tear things up. But maybe sometimes we need to be the Tasmanian devil for Jesus and tear some things up. Like we need some thunder. We need some thunder, like when lightning happens. You know how thunder happens after lightning? So lightning, ions in the clouds and positives and negatives. And by the way, scientists don't know how all of that happens. And I just want to say, I just want to say, I thank God for science. Science is of God. Science is not anti-God. We're thankful for scientists. We're thankful for that. But there are some things on the planet that scientists don't know. And my God is still above science. Come on, can I get an amen on that? And so you got to lean into God more than you trust you got to trust your God more than you trust science and I'll just move on from that but we but they don't even know they don't even know how lightning forms so lightning forms and it comes down and it strikes the earth at 47,000 degrees Fahrenheit it's hotter than the sun and when it strikes the ground then there's a reverberating uh, uh, band of lightning that goes back up and because the air heats at such a rapid rate the air molecules can't even handle it. And so the air literally explodes. And that's the sound that you hear is the airwaves shaking. Can I tell you that sometimes when God begins to move, when he begins to move in your life, that we respond in a way that things begin to reverberate around us. We pray some thunder prayers. We release some thunder worship. We have some thunder conversations. And I just want to call all the sons of thunder in the house to rise up. I want to call the daughters of thunder to rise up in the house and make a noise for Jesus. Come on, can somebody give them some thunder in the house? Can somebody give them some praise in the house? John was a son of thunder, but this is what else, this is the other thing that I know about John. John loved Jesus. That's the second thing that your mama wants to tell you. She just wants you to love Jesus. And I love that John, this linebacker, this hunter, this fisherman, this man's man, was the same one that at the Last Supper, it says that he leaned into Jesus. He was the one at the Last Supper that was hugging on Jesus. And I love this picture of manhood because on one hand, John is tough. On the other hand, he He's tender on one hand. He's a warrior. On the other hand, he's a worshiper. John would have been the guy out back pulling the bow and shooting a 12 point and then going and just thanking God and having a worship moment in the woods. He's the one being a little tough in a situation at work when the situation called for somebody to be tough and going home and pulling his son close and has tears running down his eyes because he's not afraid to let a little bit of emotion show when he's praying over his boy and can I tell you, that's the kind of men that we need to rise up today. 
We need some Pastor, why are you preaching about men on Mother's Day? Because contrary to what society is telling us, we need strong men. And when strong men begin to rise up, it releases, it releases women to walk in the anointing that God has for them. And that's not popular in culture, but it's biblical. It's biblical. Being a strong man does not negate the place of women in our society. When Guys, when you are a strong man, when you're a strong husband, when you're a strong father, it raises the level of femininity in our society. It raises up women. How do I know that? Because that's what Jesus did. There was never a man's man like Jesus. He was a carpenter. He had calluses on his hands, but he knew how to get away and he knew how to talk to the father. And there was nobody on this planet that treated women better than Jesus. Jesus, and that's the kind of masculinity that we need demonstrated in our society today. Come on, give them praise if you believe that today. Be sons and daughters of thunder. Love, love Jesus and, and don't ever quit. This is, the, this is the third thing, the final thing that I see in John's life is that John just, didn't, John just didn't know how to quit. So you go from feeding of the 5,000, 20,000 people in the, in the audience. This is how Jesus did, Jesus did ministry backwards. See, like how we want to do ministry is like we want to plan a church. Let's have a good opening Sunday, right? Pastor Justin, like let's have 500 there and then, and then let's grow it to 700 and let's grow it. Like oh, that's all good. We want, we want to do that. But Jesus did it backwards. Jesus started with 20,000. And then he started teaching them hard things. And then it got down to like 70. And then he set the 70 out on a mission strip. And we don't know exactly what happened to all of them. But then there was like 12 in the inner circle, his 12. And then things got hard in the Garden of Gethsemane. And only three were followed him into the Garden of Gethsemane. And they all fell asleep. And then out of the three, only one makes it to the, are you kidding me? Jesus, like in today's standards, Jesus is a failure. Jesus, you just failed in ministry. You had 20,000 people in the crowd. And now you started preaching hard things. And there's only one at the cross. But that one at the cross got a blessing that nobody else received. If you're willing to follow Jesus, not just when it's popular to follow Jesus, but if you're willing to follow Jesus, when the world is saying it's not the cool thing to do to follow Jesus, you'll get blessings that nobody else gets. Because you gotta follow you gotta follow him all the way to the cross. All the way to the cross. How did John but John wasn't always like that? So I said that I, I told you that John had a had a mama. This is a great this is a great mama story. This is a great mama story. So we only um, we only know one thing about John and James, James and John's mother. Zebedee was their father. And uh, the Bible says Matthew, this is in the book of Matthew. John, John, John didn't put this in his gospel. <laughs> you got to love that. He's like, Mom, I'm going to honor you by not putting this story in my book. But Matthew's like, no, I got to tell this story. It's so, it's so good. This story is so good. See, here's what, here's what happened. It was after a ministry time and uh, James and John's mom went to Jesus. She's like, come on, boys, James. Come on, James. Come on, John. 
she goes to Jesus and she kneels down before Jesus. Apparently she was a disciple of Jesus. And she stands up. She's like, Jesus, I got a, I got a favor that I want to ask you about my boys. And she's like, yeah, go ahead. And she's like, I would like when you take your place on the throne, I would like for one of my boys <laughs> to sit on your right and the other to sit on your left. I love that there's stage moms in the Bible. Because some of y'all, some of y'all teachers deal with that. I, um, I know, I know. We say, I know we say, all the children are special, and they are. But if mine could just have the lead in the play, I think that would be the appropriate. I Coach, Coach West, all the all the boys, all the boys are talented from the Lord. But maybe if mine could just bat lead off, I think mine. You know, not that anybody, not that anybody does that. But I love, I love that this is like the the stage mom. She's like my my boys, and the the other disciples are, are indignant about this because Jesus says to James and John, she's, he says, "Are you able to drink from the cup that I'm drinking from?" And they say, "Yes." And I don't think that they knew what they were saying. But Jesus says, "You will indeed drink from the cup." And then he sees sees that this request is making the rest of the disciples mad and he says come here boys family meeting family meeting you don't get it if you want to become great in my kingdom you must become the least if you want to become high you must become low if you want to become exalted you must become the servant of all watch this John won in life because he didn't quit he didn't quit because he learned somehow he learned from that moment to the cross he learned that life was not all about him and the sooner you learn that the center of the earth's axis does not run through your forehead and the entire purpose of this life is not to please you with every one of your likes wants and desires the sooner you will become great that's greatness that's what greatness is that's what greatness is and moms that's part of what we teach our kids right this isn't about you. This isn't all about. This isn't all about. And you, moms, this would be this would be a good sermon to preach today. Here's your two point sermon, moms. This isn't about you. And then here's your second point. It's about me. You can preach one. Day, you get to preach that today. But John learned that. What if? What what if the secret to not giving up? Is that you're not so self-centered that when that when failures happen, that when that when everything that when everything goes that when everything when everything that could have gone wrong in the first service went wrong, like demon just flying through the sound system, right? Like lights flashing all all over the place. I uh, I got to hear I got to hear Mariano Rivera. Uh, y'all, y'all know Mariano Rivera. He was the relief pitcher for the New York Yankees. He was the only person in the history of baseball to get elected to the Hall of Fame unanimously on the, on the first ballot. Like when Mariano Rivera came in, most of the time, lights out, game over. You just, you just knew. And he would come in. He would come in to enter Sandman. And I know I can't play Metallica in church, but I'm just telling you, if they played, if they played enter Sandman, you could throw the ball 98 miles an hour too. And so, like he would just come and lights out and lights out. And I heard Mariano Rivera, and he said this. He said somebody asked him one time, "What's the difference?" 
between a good relief pitcher and a Hall of Fame relief pitcher. And he said this. He said, short memory. Short memory. And he told the story. Remember, was it the 2001 World Series when the Arizona Diamondbacks, when Mario Rivera came in and, and he, gives the, he gives the walk-off? Was it Craig Council with the Diamondbacks who hit the walk-off and Mariano Rivera lost the World Series? And he talked about getting on the plane and shedding tears and crying all the way back to New York and getting off the plane. And he said, okay, new day, next season. I got to get back on that mound. Do you know the only difference sometimes in your life whether you fail or whether you succeed it's your memory it's your short memory you got to forget the failure come on you got to forget the failure you got to forget the failure you got to forget the shame you got to forget the guilt you got to forget you got to forget the past and you got to keep on going on you got to keep on moving you got to be like all like these I mean just people in life person after person that, that succeeded after failure Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team Jack Ma, the founder of Alibaba, on his first attempt to get into college, he, had to, he took a math part of this exam. Out of 120 points, the founder of Alibaba got a one. After he, he finally got into college, and after he graduates from college, he and 24 of his friends applied for jobs at Kentucky Fried Chicken, at KFC. Out of those 25, 24 of them got jobs. The one that didn't was named Jack Ma, but he just kept going. Henry Ford founded two companies that went completely bankrupt before he found, formed, uh, founded Ford Motor Company. Oprah Winfrey, when she was hired by Baltimore's ABC affiliate was dropped after just a few months. The Beatles, Decca Records, Decca Records, this is a, a, an and I quote from Decca Records, we are refusing to sign you because guitar groups are on their way out and the Beatles have no future in show business. Fred Astaire, this is what MGM said about Fred Astaire, he can't act he can't sing, he's slightly bald, he's not handsome, and he can dance a little bit. And Babe Ruth, the Sultan of Swat, the one who hit the most home runs before Henry Aaron and before Barry Bonds, maybe still out for debate. But that guy, that guy hit the most, back in the day, hit the most home runs. But he struck out more times, in fact, twice as many times as he hit home runs. More than Babe Ruth was trotting around the bases, he was walking back to the dugout in failure. And Babe said, and, and somebody asked Babe, well, how did you do it? How did you become so great? And he said, here's my secret. He said, I just keep swinging. I just keep swinging. Can I, cannot, Jesus sent me today to tell somebody in the house, just keep swinging. Jesus sent me today to tell somebody that today is too soon to give up. It's too soon to quit. It's too soon to quit. Do you hear me? It's too soon to quit. Mom, your kids need you. It's too soon to quit. Dad, it's too soon to quit. I know it's tough. I know things are hard. I know you got failure in the rearview mirror, but your days are better ahead of you it's too soon to quit just keep swinging and I can preach that here's why I can preach that not because it's some feel good Mother's Day message I can preach that today because Jesus didn't quit on you Jesus didn't quit on you
Those multitudes that left Jesus, Jesus never left the multitudes. Those 12 that kind of backed out and they're like, I'm not sure if we want to follow Jesus all the way to the cross. Jesus didn't quit on them. When the disciples fell asleep in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus didn't quit on them. Jesus didn't quit on them and Jesus isn't quitting on you. I don't know what you've done in your life that you feel has disqualified you from the love of Jesus. But that's the second thing that God told me to tell somebody today is you are not disqualified. You're not disqualified. There's nothing that you have said or done or thought that has disqualified you from the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus doesn't, dis- doesn't quit on you, so don't quit on Jesus with heads bowed and eyes closed in the house today. You would say this. You would say, Pastor, on this Mother's Day, I, I, ended, up in, I ended up in church but if I'm being honest, pastor, I don't know if I'm a follower of Jesus. Maybe you would say something like this, pastor, I kind of feel like I'm walking around, but I'm not awake. I kind of feel like I'm just going through the motions in life, but I'm, but I'm not truly alive. Know this today, that the grace and love of Jesus came to breathe this breath of love into your life so that you can live wide awake to the love of God, fully alive to your purpose heads bowed and eyes closed if you're away from Jesus this is this is your moment as I pray this prayer out loud would you pray it silently would you just say something like this dear Jesus I don't want to quit it I don't want to quit thank you for not quitting on me Jesus I believe that you died on the cross that you rose again and I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I, I, I ask you to come into my heart. Take it all. Take my guilt. Take my shame. Take my past. Take my failures. Take everything that the devil tries to haunt me with. Take, take it all. Jesus, I want to keep on swinging. I want to keep on on swinging would you stand would you tell the person next to you keep on swinging come on somebody needs that encouragement today tell them keep on swinging come on tell the person on the uh, on your other side tell them keep on swinging you got this keep on swinging keep on swinging get back in the batter's box keep on swinging tell somebody behind you keep on swinging keep on swinging keep on swinging come on somebody give God a hand clap of praise in this place we're going to keep on swinging to the king of kings and to the Lord of Lords.